Till Death Do Us Part is a lighthearted and sometimes satirical true crime podcast where we present our dysfunctional married take on serious cases involving other dysfunctional relationships. We hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to the 114th episode of Till Death Do Us Part. I'm Daniel. And I'm Melissa. Are we ready? I think so. Are Good. you ready? Nope. How are your hands? I have a hole in my hand, but it stopped bleeding, so that's good. What were you doing, sir? Um, I was using a digging bar. Because why? I was breaking up concrete from the fence post remnants. <laughs> the fence that blew down? Yeah, it wasn't bad. We only lost 10 fence posts. <laughs> And each span is eight feet, so you can do the mathematicals on that. It's 80 feet-ish of That's going to be a fun project for you and the yeah. neighbor. No, the fun part was we were trying to dig it up. First, we had to take the fence apart, then clear where the broken-off fence post is, then try and dig it up while we're having 50, 60, 70-mile-an-hour <laughs> wind gusts, which, of course, caused the fence to prematurely break. Oh, this is boring. And because of that, I have a <laughs> hole in my hand. You asked how, you asked how, I did, why. I didn't know how to start this. All right. I'm sorry. <laughs> so yes, we are without a fence and there's a lot of dogs between the two. Okay. Good news, bad <laughs> between news. Between the two backyards. Good news is we have a giant backyard now. Bad news is because there's no fence between us. <laughs> so that's fine. And I immediately asked the neighbor, I said, hey, so if your dog's fall in my pool will they drown he goes yep yeah they're frenchies because they're frenchies because mm. we're in california and that's what people have oh man good I hope times that happen all right well welcome to our show this is a podcast where i tell daniel cases of people in a relationship who kill each other and he doesn't know what i'm going to tell him and so it's kind of his reaction to the dysfunction and typically, I present some sort of useless information, also known as factoids. Daniel has factoids. That Daniel has factoids. Are you ready with some factoids right now? I do. Just like when we got married. That was a mistake. <laughs> Saying I do automatically. <laughs> anyway... The thing that you requested me to look up factoids for. I did request something. Was the Super Bowl because I it's coming up. I guess so. And people are freaking out about it. Like they're already decorating their houses, already going to Costco, getting food. Mm -hmm. This is insane. And it's not even a California team, I don't think, that is playing in the Super Bowl. So what is the big deal? I Hold think on. that's what people I'm trying. People are yelling at you right now. I don't care. I don't Don't say that. Care. People care. They do. It unites us as a country. Does it? Unlike politics. Is this uniting us as a country because you have people who care about Taylor Swift and the whole thing with that and then you have people who hate her and think that she's single-handedly causing the downfall of the NFL. You're cutting into my factoid. Oh, time. I'm sorry. I'm just very passionate about the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. Clearly, I can <laughs> tell. 
<laughs> okay, first of all, I'm just irritated all, with people. Okay, right well, now. calm down. I'm sorry. Okay, go number ahead. one, worst thing to say to your spouse, wife, is calm down. So I'm yeah. telling you, you calm down right now. <laughs> first of all, it's the Kansas City Chefs playing the <laughs> San Francisco 49ers, which is a California team. So oh, it is. Sh- are you freaking kidding me? Oh my, oh my God. woman. When they moved the Chargers out of San Diego, I, I was over it. I was done. Like, yeah, that's, bye football. That weird. I don't understand them sharing a stadium with the Rams in LA. It's just weird. Ugh, I don't get it. I don't but get whatever. it. Anyway. And San Diego no longer has a football team. Yeah. Like, why would you leave a loyal <sighs> fan base and then share? I don't know. I guess they have the Padres. <laughs> sorry, San Diego. I apologize. Okay, are you ready? Yes, I'm sorry. Okay, we got to hurry. I get 37 seconds to do all of this stuff in. Go for it. So this is a fun fact. When the NFL and AFL, American Football League, National Football League, merged, the owners and management had to come up with ideas for the actual name of this grand game. They went with former NFL commissioner Pete Rozelle's suggestion of AFL-NFL championship game. <laughs> that's it. Seriously, that's what they went with. However, between 1966 and 1970, the Kansas City Chefs owner, <laughs> Lamar Hunt. People are going to be so pissed that you're calling them the chefs. Sorry. I thought that we're not supposed to call them the chiefs anymore because it refers <gasps> to like American Indians. Oh, is you that see what, what I'm you, doing? Yes, no. you're trying I'm, to be woke. And no, actually, I'm just making fun of the word because it looks like chef. <laughs> okay. I'm actually not. I don't. It's just funny. Okay. Anyway, now I forgot what I was saying. I'm sorry that they're going to name it the Super Bowl between 1967 and 1970. Between 66 and 70, the Kansas City chef's owner, Lamar Hunt, <laughs> coined the term Super Bowl. All right. It came to his mind when he heard his children's toy name, which was Super Ball. <laughs> Sorry, my laugh is really weird tonight. Would you calm down I, over I there? I apologize again. Okay, okay. Ser- this is dead serious. It is. Super Ball. <laughs> Interestingly, the first AFL-NFL World Championship game took place on January 15th, 1967, and is now considered... Super Bowl one today. So when they look back on it, they call it Super Bowl one, even though it okay. was actually called officially AFL NFL World Championship game. Okay. Which I don't know, whatever. Good for them. It was between the Green Bay Packers and the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> the Packers won 35 to 10 under the legendary coach Vince Lombardi. Oh, like the Lombardi trophy. Whoa. After whom what? the after whom the Super Bowl championship trophy was named? Boom. The Lombardi Trophy. Yes, because that was the first game. Okay. The championship was officially recognized as the Super Bowl on the fourth championship game, which happened in 1970. And they began using the Roman numerals starting with Super Bowl V or 5. So that's exciting, right? That's you've, very you've exciting. Already, you've, I can tell you've already tuned out. This is fascinating. Nope, not at all. <laughs> anyway, so next Sunday will be the number 58th 
between the Kansas City Chefs and the 49ers <laughs> starts 6.30 Eastern time. There you go at Allegiant Stadium. 60, Which is where? In the Vegas of Las. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, it's not Las Vegas. It's Las Vegas because that's what you do when you get there. Yeah, you, you lose, lose your money. 65,000 seats. And your inhibition. This is interesting. What? Each team, each will receive 11,375 tickets that are then dispersed to the players and staff. The host oh. team, the Raiders, receive 5% of the tickets. And the other 30 teams that didn't make it because they suck, they get 1.2%. <laughs> so that's fine. Of the tickets? Mm-hmm. Of okay. those 65,000 tickets. Do they have to pay for those tickets? You know, that's a fantastic question. <laughs> I should have figured that out. I don't think so. I mean, I think like they're just comes... given away. Maybe that's why the price of a peasant ticket would is you so stop... freaking expensive. Would you let me do my oh, facts? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. How much is the cheap ticket, one would ask, Melissa? $9,000. No, no, ask me that. Oh, Daniel, how much is the cheapest ticket? Oh, it's funny you should ask. I actually was going <laughs> to just tell you right now. How about corner, upper deck seats, section 346, row 12, for only $6,300 each, which is currently the cheapest available as what? of this morning. What? Yeah, 6300 mm-hmm. How? How are people doing this? Okay, I mean, ready? how are they paying for this? And next, you probably are going to ask me, Daniel. Daniel, what is the most expensive ticket? How much is a suite is what okay, you were going to yes. say, right? How much is a suite? Good question. Um, the answer is between 1.4 and 2.5 million. Ugh. So what? if the cheap seats are sold out, don't fret. There is always a suite available. Okay, but a suite can hold what ten to fifteen people. I don't so know. you split that I between didn't, as soon ten as I saw the price, people. I didn't. I stopped looking it up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, why would we want to go and pay so much? I don't. Well, because the fans will possibly, maybe not likely, get a chance to see Taylor Swift, who's oh, dating some guy named Travis Kalis. Okay, <laughs> Kel Kelki Kelki and. <laughs> She might make an appearance, they said. I think it's Kelsey. Kelsey. Sure. (laughs) I think. Anyway. Oh, gosh. um, Well, good for her. Why isn't she the halftime performer? Okay. Picture this. Okay. She, like, used halftime, gets up on stage, a boob falls out. (laughs) Like Janet Jackson? Greatest halftime show ever. I mean, it would be. And then he'd be up there. Everyone would get to see her. We could talk about it. Everyone pretend to be offended, even though we're not, because everyone would like to see that happen. I think the Janet Jackson boob slip is what put YouTube on the oh my on gosh. the yeah. table. Absolutely, yeah. That started YouTube was the boob slip. How much were all the NFL players paid combined? You asked. I right? think I know this. Really? Okay, go ahead. How much? I think they're each paid fifteen thousand dollars. Oh no! I meant how much do they make? What's the cost per year oh okay i thought you meant what do they make for playing in the super bowl all nfl players combined 2.1 billion yeah i'm not surprised Mm -hmm. good time i mean they do beat up their bodies a lot okay i'm almost done now gets to the fun fun facts fun facts fun facts with daniel the national chicken council says the national chicken council i'm saying then why'd you say what because I'm just, this is a conversational podcast. 
Americans will consume approximately 1.45 billion chicken wings during the Super Bowl. And if those wings were put end to end, because who doesn't like to put wings end to end? It would reach one third of the way to the moon. You're welcome. With chicken wings? That's a lot of chicken wings. I I don't know. 1.45 billion wings? I'd rather eat chicken strips. Those are chicken made out of chicken boobs. <laughs> okay, I have a question. There's what? not a lot of meat on a wing. There's not. So you need like 10 times as many wings as you do legs, but you can only harvest two wings per bird. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a lot of You dead would think chickens. they'd want legs. I mean, if you're a leg man or breastuses or boobs, chicken boobs. There's more meat on the thing. And when you eat a chicken wing, you need to floss your teeth. It's all tendons and skin and small bones. Yeah, that's not for me. That's fine. Okay. Last point. This Super Bowl is actually a rematch of 2020 Super Bowl. Did you know that? I did not. Meaning it's the same players. It's the same people. And the Kansas City Chefs won 31 to 20 over the 49ers. Probably is going to happen again. You're welcome. Everyone can start yelling again at me. <laughs> so are we going to watch the Super Bowl this year? Absolutely. Not? No, no, we're going to watch it. Are you working? No. Oh. I'm off Sunday. Do we even get it on one of our streaming services? Yeah. We got rabbit ears, I think. No, we don't. Can get it. How are we going to get the Super Bowl? I don't know. We'll figure it out. YouTube? I'll figure it, I'll figure a way. <laughs> Because we sure as hell don't get invited anywhere. If you're invited to a Super Bowl party, that means that you are a nice person and people like you. You know who's never invited to a Super Bowl party? The MacArthur's. Yeah, we don't go. Maybe because we make fun of it while we're there. Oh, that's why. That's why. Why are they going to invite people that are just going to make fun of it to their face? If you really enjoy watching the Super Bowl, you don't want i mean you take it seriously right like it's ready you're ready to fight over it you don't invite us you don't invite us no because we just think that's hilarious okay i understand i understand the non-invitations yeah so but daniel that was great thank you for that you're welcome do you have something more interesting like murder i do i sure do you ready for that yes please Daniel. Yes. Are you ready for my case? Yep. All right. This is the case of Tyrone Taylor and Keisha Jones. Okay. In the early morning hours of November 27th, 2011, numerous calls came into the Philadelphia area 911 call centers. Concerned neighbors of the 2400 block of Morris Street had heard a loud crash around 2 a.m., followed by the sound of a woman screaming. From what the callers could gather, a pedestrian had been hit by a car and was badly injured. Oh, jeez. Within minutes, police officers were on the scene. The headlights of a 2002 Acura MDX SUV with severe damage to the front bumper were illuminating a chaotic scene. A woman was found kneeling in a pile of broken glass, cradling the head of a bloody and battered young man. She was screaming over and over, 
Wake up, Tyrone. Please wake up. But police and medical personnel knew immediately that Tyrone would never be waking up. He was dead. So Tyrone got hit by an Acura MDX. 2002. Black. Circus 2002. Ooh, black. Mm -hmm. When I grow up, I want to get an Acura MDX. They're good cars. Very reliable. Okay. That's good to know. Decent. Heavy. Not very good gas mileage. You would think, you know, it's Japanese. Nope. Not good gas mileage. (laughs) Go ahead. Sorry. Eventually, police were able to calm the screaming woman and get her to her feet and lead her away from the mangled body. The police learned that the man lying on the cold asphalt was 28-year-old Tyrone Taylor, and the woman found cradling his head was his wife of over three years, 30-year-old Keisha Jones. Tyrone had been hit and killed by the vehicle on the scene, but police were surprised to learn that it had been his wife, Keisha, who had been in the driver's seat when the Acura SUV hopped a curb and crashed headfirst into a townhouse, pinning Tyrone up against the outside of the building. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so it wasn't like he was standing in the middle of the road and she whacked him. No. He was actually pinned. So she shoved him into a building. Yes. With the vehicle. With the car. The heavy car. That's unfortunate. While questioning Keisha, the officers could tell that she was intoxicated, becoming irate at the officers when she realized that Tyrone was not being treated for his injuries and that an ambulance was not taking him away. It was not clear to Keisha that her husband had actually been pronounced dead at the scene. He died immediately on impact. Yeah, that would be tough to survive that. Keisha was removed from the scene and driven to the local hospital. She had needed medical attention on her knees from kneeling on the broken glass. While at the hospital, her blood alcohol level was checked and recorded. It was 0.10 at around 3 a.m. And the crash happened about 2 a.m. Okay. So she was obviously higher than that at the time of the crash. Yes. Probably significantly higher. It takes an average person about 10 hours to sober up. Goodness. Depends on body weight. And, and how height. much you had to drink. and Yeah, all and male it. and female, things of that nature. Sure. But on average, it takes about 10 hours to sober up. Okay. Or to get to zero. zero. Okay, zero. Police knew they needed to wait to officially question Keisha about the accident until she basically sobered up. But as luck would have it, she was not the only witness to the accident. Actually, she was not the only witness to the accident who was inside that car. Keisha's cousin, Tamara, had been sitting in the back seat when Tyrone was hit and pinned up against the wall. Tamara told officers that she and Keisha had gone out drinking that night. They had met up with Tyrone later at another bar for another round of drinks. The couple seemed to be having fun until a verbal argument started between the two. Eventually, the married spat made its way outside the bar and into the couple's black Acura SUV. Tyrone got into the driver's seat while Keisha took the passenger seat 
and Tamara crawled in the back. The argument continued until Tyrone pulled onto Morris Street and stopped near an intersection. He put the vehicle into park and then got out, slamming the driver's door behind him. Tamara believed that Tyrone was just going to walk the couple blocks to his mother's home. Keisha moved over to the driver's seat from the passenger side. Tamara was distracted by her cell phone and looking down at her lap. All of a sudden, she felt the car turn sharply to the right and accelerate. Within five seconds, the vehicle had hurled toward Tyrone. Tyrone was thrust onto the hood of their SUV. It then drove over a curb onto the sidewalk through a small vacant lot and smashed head on into the wall. With poor Tyrone pinned between the building and the bumper. Tamara screamed out, Keisha, why did you do that? And Keisha screamed back, it was an accident. Keisha then backed up the car and Tyrone fell to the ground. Keisha jumped out and ran over to Tyrone's lifeless body, screaming for someone, anyone to help them. Now, was Tyrone's death just a tragic accident or had Keisha purposely hit him with their car, intending to do more than just scare him? Had she intended to actually kill him over a late night drunken argument? They get in an argument out drinking. Then they feel like it's a good idea to get in the car and drive and continue to argue. Drunk-ish. Yes. And have a passenger. Yeah. Seems fine. They were taking Tamara home. Sure. And then Uber was invented. Thank goodness. Wow. Okay. And it was an accident that she got in the driver's seat and steered and hit him and smashed him into a wall. Yes. Slash building. Okay. Yes. That seems plausible. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> All right. Well, lying motionless in her arms was who people referred to as the love of Keisha's life. The man who swept her off her feet. The man she built her life around. And she had just killed him. Well, she swept him off his feet, sounds like, in the end. <laughs> Literally. In 2004, 23-year-old single mother of two met the 20-year-old Tyrone. Keisha had just gotten out of a six-year relationship with the father of her two children, James Hayes. The former couple had maintained a very functional co-parenting relationship, and James immediately liked Tyrone, and he really liked Tyrone and Keisha together. Tyrone became a second father figure to those two children, making them a top priority in his life as well. The kids, no matter what, were always first in all of their lives. So this was a very functioning friendship between Keisha and her ex-boyfriend, James. And then Tyrone comes into the picture and they kind of create this modern family. Gotcha. And it's actually... Really cool what they ended up doing. Hmm. So I'll get more into that. I thought it was pretty neat. Yeah. Because typically that doesn't happen. I mean, the odds of finding someone else and then it turning out well and especially getting before she wasn't married, right? Yeah, they were just together. And then found a new guy and ended up marrying him. Eventually. Eventually. Even having 
the father get along with the new husband. Yes, it was just this really great co-parenting situation. And James said that he was almost kind of jealous of the relationship between Keisha and Tyrone because he never had that with Keisha. So he was glad that she found that with somebody else and somebody who loved their children as much as they did. Okay. It was really cool. Yeah. Even James's mom and family members loved Tyrone. He was just part of their family and Hmm. it just worked for them. This relationship is what people always say they want to establish, but very few are able to do that. Yeah. You hear that a lot. We're going to stay friends. We're going to co-parent together. It very rarely ever works out. So what made them so mad that they got in a big old heated fight after drinking and driving? You mean Tyrone and Keisha? Yeah. Um, I'll tell you. Oh, okay. We're going to get there. Oh, good. Tyrone and Keisha added more children to their unconventional family in 2005 and 2007. Tyrone wasn't only an exceptional bonus dad, he was also a very hands-on and loving dad to his children. In April of 2008, Tyrone and Keisha decided to make it official. They took a weekend trip to Las Vegas and got hitched. Probably wasn't the weekend of the Super Bowl, because that would have been rather expensive. Yeah, I'd say not. The cheap rooms right now are a thousand bucks a night, so... I know. I tried to get a room at the Tropicana because they're about to tear down the Tropicana in April. And so I was looking and really the only weekend we could have done it was Super Bowl weekend, not even thinking about it. And for a chintzy little room, it's $500 a night at the Tropicana. Oh, goodness. Those are like $50 a night rooms. I know. Maybe less. Off season, off peak. But yeah, still. Anyways. Goodness. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, so they Anyways, got... Anyways, back to the story. They got a super fancy wedding in the Vegases. I hope they went through Elvis like a drive through Oh, that would hope, be fantastic. I hope they were those type of people. I like that they have drive through weddings and drive through divorces. Smart. And, um, well, because it's hot. You don't want to get out of your car. No, they do that in Vegas and in Reno. Reno has drive through divorces as well. That's fantastic. I know. When they got back to Philadelphia, they had a big celebration. Everyone was so happy for the couple. It seemed like they had truly found their soulmate. And for the next three years, Tyrone and Keisha had a happy and healthy relationship. Now, by the time Tyrone passed away, they had been together for eight years. Wow. So they were together for five years and then got married and then were married for three years. So they were together for a while. Okay. By 10 a.m., just a few hours after Tyrone had died, Keisha had been treated for her minor injuries and transported to the Philadelphia Police Department's Homicide Division for her formal interview and statement. It took Keisha some time to compose herself. She still couldn't come to terms with the fact that Tyrone was actually dead and that she had caused it. At 10.15, the questioning began. Keisha was extremely forthcoming with what she could remember. Now, this is Keisha's statement. The four children had gone to stay with Keisha's ex, James, for the weekend, giving her and Tyrone an entire 48 hours without the kids. 
Wow. So that's what I mean. Like, that's it's cool. a really cool yeah. relationship yeah. that James took all four kids and was like, hey, you guys, just take this weekend, just enjoy it, relax, have fun together, and you'll see the kids on Sunday night. Yeah. Maybe we should get divorced and then. <laughs> well, yeah, like I suggested, if we had, if we brought on a second wife, oh. you know, she could watch the kids and then you and I could have some time. Okay, but would you still sleep with with the? Well, yeah, wife? but I mean, then you could watch the kids. No, and I'm then jealous. She and I could. No, no, could I'm too jealous. Actually, already. that makes me mad just even thinking about it. I don't know how people could, you, could do okay, that. Could you imagine what us with our kids? We have a second wife, <laughs> and I go, okay, Melissa, you need to watch the kids this weekend because me and Samantha, <laughs> or whatever her name is. <laughs> We're going to go to Vegas for the weekend. Nope. Oh, well, that's not fair. Oh, you're <laughs> And then, well, no, because then, and then she could watch the kids so that you and I could have a weekend. Okay. Away. You know what? That's fine. But then we need to take on a second husband. Sure. A brother husband. Oh, I don't think my brother would make a good husband. <laughs> He's like, they're you. great husbands. What are you talking that would about? Be weird. No, I don't want to talk about no. Okay. This makes so me anyway, highly, at highly least, angry. At least <laughs> I would at least for the, I, we would you be brought one it of these up. stories. <laughs> you started it. I did did I start it? Yeah, talking about how a threesome would be a great no. <laughs> situation. No, I think their situation worked oh, for them. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. All right. Carry on. Okay. Well, the couple had slept in Saturday morning and spent the rest of the day doing laundry and running errands. Is that what they call it? That's what they call it now. Sure. Keisha and Tyrone had made plans to go out with their friends on their own and meet up later in the evening. Both got dressed up and went to two different locations to drink and be social. So they were not together initially in the evening. Okay. So... James is watching all the kids. Yeah. They have a long weekend, whatever, two full days. They can hang out by themselves. And they chose to go separate ways and hang out with friends separately. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. That's interesting. But maybe it was like a birthday party that that Tyrone was going to and Keisha wanted to hang out with her cousin. Like there was probably other circumstances surrounding that. Gotcha. He wants to go ride motorcycles and she wants to go to a bingo game. Exactly. Perfect. All right. No, I can. (laughs) I get it. When Keisha and Tyrone finally met back up, Tyrone became upset because he spotted Keisha talking to another man. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The couple started arguing and decided after consuming another round of drinks that it was time to go home dropping Tamara off at her house first. Keisha told the investigators that Tyrone pulled over on Morris Street because she had told him to while they were arguing in the car. So she yelled at him to get out, which he did. Okay. It was one of those like, just get out of the car, just pull over and get out. Like, I don't even want to deal with you. Just get out. I'll take Tamara home and that's it. You walk. and You go to your mom's house and I'll take her home. What if he doesn't want to go to his mom's house? What if he made her get out? She couldn't because she was wearing stilettos. So she couldn't walk. There's no way. So if I wear stilettos, (laughs) then I don't ever have to walk. Is that it? Yes. Okay. 
Well, he got out of the car, which pissed her off even more. But didn't she want him to? Well, yes, but she was shocked that he actually got uh, out of the women, car. <laughs> women are so confusing. <laughs> we are. I was pissed because I asked him to do something and he did it. Well, <laughs> you just asked me to do it. Well, I didn't want you to. Well, then why'd you ask me to? Well, because I wanted to see what you would do. <laughs> We're painting. And the that's butt. when smoke comes out of our ears. <laughs> Because your gears are stuck. Because that doesn't, yeah, it doesn't compute. We're like, what? All right. Well, without hesitation, Keisha then slid over into the driver's seat and put the SUV into gear. Her plan was to follow Tyrone and coax him back into the car. But in this particular statement, she told the investigators that she had chased Tyrone with the car and stepped on the gas pedal real hard quote unquote, real hard, and that this was not the first time that she had gone after him while driving the car. This what? was actually the third time. Only this oh. chase ended in his death. Well, third time's the charm. <laughs> she went to put the car into gear, but then she told another part of the story, and she said that she went to put the car into gear, but had her foot down on the gas thinking that her foot was on the brake. But in my research on the Acura MDX, it only came in a five-speed automatic transmission. Correct. So you have to have your foot down on the brake to be able to put it into gear. It's not just Acura. It's every single vehicle. Okay, so it's an automatic. It's not a manual. So she had to have the brake down in order to put it into gear in order to push on the accelerator to go. There's a brake switch. And if it doesn't sense that the brake is down, it will not unlock a little lock, so to speak, that allows you to move the shift lever, whether it's on the column or on a center console situation. Okay. Can't just grab it and jam it into gear. Unless it's an older car or one of mine and I've disabled it, you know, because (laughs) whatever, it's annoying. (laughs) This was a 2002. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, you couldn't. You'd have to physically push on the brake, just like your car, and then all of a sudden it releases, and then you can put it into gear. Well, Keisha also said that the super high heel, she was wearing stilettos, of her right shoe might have become jammed. And so she could not get her right foot loose to stop the acceleration. That was like a maybe, like maybe that had happened. All right, if I were wearing stilettos, it would be very hard for me to operate a vehicle. Yes. But I still could. Keisha was also less than five foot five and could barely see over the steering wheel when Tyrone got out of the car because he was much taller than her. So they had to move the seat up and back gotcha. depending on who was driving. Okay, I have been in an accident with a friend who was wearing stilettos at the time. And that happened. Was he taller or was he short? (laughs) It was a girl. Oh, okay. (laughs) This was in high school. And she was wearing platform. Well, I guess they weren't stilettos, but they were high platforms. In the 90s, we wore high heels to school. I know it's stupid. Sure. But her heel got caught as she was putting the accelerator down or something Mm -hmm. and i remember the go pedal the go pedal Mm -hmm. and we crashed into a tree because she could not get her foot off of the pedal because of her shoes okay Mm -hmm. so you're saying there's some plausibility here 
just because I've been in that situation okay. before. All and then right. my friend never wore high heels ever again when she drove. She has like car shoes now. So my question is, how hammered were you guys when that happened? I'm not going to answer that question. Okay, so that means we know the answer. <laughs> okay, so you think, my question is, do you think it's really the fault of the stilettos or do you think it's the drinking? Or do you think that stilettos just do not mix well with alcohol, period, no matter what the circumstances are? Because you said yeah. you can't walk in them. Right. Especially drunk or having consumed enough to be way over the limit. We'll just say that, right? Yes. Not good for hiking either. Mm, I've no, found. I wouldn't say so. I don't know. I think it's just a bunch of stuff. Stuff. Okay. I mean, it's like a perfect storm, right? You have alcohol, you have the high heel shoes, you have your, you know, lower impulse control or your impulses are lowered, your sure. reaction time is lowered. Yeah. So you have music blasting, you've got somebody talking in the back. I don't know. There's a lot of different things going on. Yeah. Although an Acura MDX, Acura is Honda's luxury line of vehicles. Technically, it's a Honda. But it's their fancy cars. Just How like, do you know stuff like this? Because You're I know, like an idiot savant. No, I'm just, I know that. So Honda owns Acura, okay. and Acura is basically Honda. It's just like Lexus is actually a Toyota. Toyota owns Lexus, and that's their luxury line of vehicles. Oh. Anyway, so my point is, is an Acura is going to have all the bells and whistles and stuff. So it's going to have the leather and the things and the stuff. Okay. Electric seats. So very your easy to drive. Will not get caught on the gas pedal. I don't know. Okay. Well, no, you could do anything you want. I'm just saying that it would be hard in that vehicle because it's very simple and comfortable. Okay. Keisha tried frantically to get the car under control and was not able to stop the vehicle until it came to a stop after she hit the wall. And this also deployed the SUV airbags. Oh, so she hit pretty hard. Yeah. She didn't just bump them. No, because you have to be going, what, like over 25 miles per hour for the airbags to go off? No, no. It depends on the crash sensors that are located behind the bumper. Oh. Mm-hmm. Now so there's it, crash. So it all depends on the car. Yeah. You can get rear-ended and have airbags go off. Well, depends every... on the vehicle. But an Acura is going to have more crash sensors, especially in 2002, than other vehicle lines. So it was just, it was considered safer and more better. <laughs> well, I've hit things and I've never had an airbag go off. Yeah, because you didn't hit it hard enough. Mm. Usually, well, it, yeah, it, it's set up to where it's going to be something where you could possibly be shaken around in the vehicle so the airbags are there for you to impact instead of the, your face into the steering wheel it's a positive but semi-truck keisha had no idea that tyrone had been hit until tamara began screaming from the back seat that she had hit tyrone and then she screamed i did what and so she backed up the car got out and ran over to tyrone's lifeless body and kneeled down in the glass from the broken headlights and held him in her arms until help arrived. So that's her story. Well, at least she was appeared to be remorseful. She really was. I mean, after she turned Tyrone into a hood ornament. She was very remorseful. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess it's plausible. I right? know. That's what's hard about this case is it's not cut and dry at all. Uh, was it windy? 
<laughs> I don't think so. It was okay. April in Philadelphia or West Philly. So I've never been. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. Not as windy as it was here today, I bet. Now a 0.10 blood alcohol level. There is obvious physical impairment and loss of judgment and speech may be slurred. So you are not in any position to be driving. At 0.1? 0.10. You don't need the zero. You don't? Doesn't matter. It's 0.1. Oh, everything I was reading was like 0.10. Yeah, you could say 0.10. It, it doesn't matter. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can assume there's a zero because you said 0.1. If you said 0.15, then it's not a zero. It's 0.15. If it's 0.1 or 0.10, it'd be 0.10. Okay. But if it's if it's anything other than zero, it would be a number. Well, it was above 0.08. Correct. So you're slightly above the legal limit. Right. Uh, so you should not be driving. But you could technically be at the limit and they could let you go and may or may not let you drive, but could legally let you go and not give you a DUI. But no matter what, she was going to get a Yeah, DUI. because she's over 0.08. But it's not that much over, so it's not like she's 0.2. You know, like more than double the legal limit. But when I looked it up, it just said that you obviously have physical impairment. Yeah, probably. Loss of I'm judgment. just saying it's not that impaired. So to me, she still knew what she was doing. She but, wasn't like blackout, almost blackout drunk. No, but also your reactions are off. Your reaction yeah. time is off. And you're wearing stilettos. Yeah, you're. Which we've decided that is very difficult to drive with. It really is. Or, I've never or tried. Or run in wet grass. Well, according to Keisha's statement, Tyrone's death was a tragic accident. Okay. All right. It's her opinion. But also, was she still drunk while giving her statement? Because it takes an average, like I said, of 10 hours to sober up with a blood alcohol level of 0. 0.1 to 0. 0.12. Huh. You ever blown a breathalyzer? No, I've never had to. Have you? Yes. Oh. <gasps> What? Yeah. You got pulled over? No. Oh, why'd you have to do a breathalyzer? It's a long story. <laughs> Was this in high school? Yeah. Oh, I think I know the story. So it was okay. not even close to 0.08, but it was something. So, Ooh. and I said, well, what is that? And he goes, it's basically one beer. Okay. That's what but I But I wasn't and drinking, officer. it was a officer. 0.015. Mm. Yeah. So there's that. Anyway. Okay. Well. I was just thinking that we should get a breathalyzer just for giggles. <laughs> I'm sure, they have, on, I'm sure no, because, they have them on Amazon. Because Yeah, well, you can get all that stuff. Because then you could say, all right, I feel like I'm still good. You know, people, even though you think you are, you're probably not. And then see what you're actually, what your level is, what you're blowing. So Doesn't sound right. I shouldn't say like, what are you blowing? You know. <laughs> well, what I wanted to talk about is okay. she took her blood alcohol level was taken at three o'clock in the morning. She's giving her statement between 10 a.m. and 1030 a.m. So we're looking at seven hours, seven and a half hours. Okay. She could have still been kind of intoxicated or at least buzzed while she's giving this original statement. Not that her original statement was bad. I'm just saying they're still interviewing her and she could still be under the influence of alcohol. Hmm. 
But intoxication is not a defense, is what they kept saying. Based on you saying they went to a couple of places to drink, I'm shocked that her blood alcohol was only 0.1. She says she had four mixed drinks and four shots, which There's I no, would throw up. No way she was only slightly above 0.08. There's no way. That's what they said. All right. Then I, I don't know. Because mm-hmm. that's that's a lot. It is a lot. And she's only 5'5". Five, five. She's little. Was she... A heavy gal? No. Was she little? She was little. Okay. She's like petite. No no way. That's eight drinks, right? You said four and four? Four and four. Eight drinks. I would be hammered. Oh my gosh. You'd be so I mean, I would be a lot of tooth. You'd be smiling. Or something. I don't know. I don't know what she was drinking, but still, whatever it is, there's no way. You'd be trying to get me alone? Doubtful. I'd be already (laughs) over. I'd be like, I just want to lay down. I need to go mow again the grass. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so the question is, had Keisha intentionally run down Tyrone? Was she trying to hurt him? Was she trying to kill him? Or was she just trying to get up alongside of him to say, get your ass back in the car? <laughs> Maybe she was trying to scare him and then didn't realize that she didn't control herself as well as she thought. And then her stiletto shoe thing, Majigger, got caught and she couldn't figure it out. When word started to spread throughout the couple's families, no one could believe that Tyrone was dead and in such a horrific way. To investigators, Tyrone's death seemed like a spontaneous domestic case ending in an accidental death. This was what they were all ready to just go with. Okay. That was until receiving information that cameras were found by officers canvassing the area of the scene. There was recorded CCTV footage of the entire accident, filmed from cameras located across the street at a local deli. There was two cameras. One was a wide shot angle and one was a close-up shot, start to finish. Ooh. Although it's a little grainy and dark, you can see the entire incident, the entire accident. And this footage does not portray Keisha in a very positive light. Now, I'm going to tell you what you are going to see, and you are going to watch it. And then we're going to get your opinion and my opinion. Okay. The recording shows the SUV pulling onto Morris Street head on, moving toward the intersection Before getting to the light, the vehicle pulls over to the left-hand side. Tyrone gets out of the driver's seat and slams the door. He walks around the front of the car to cross the street. You then see the car make a sharp 90-degree turn to the right while accelerating. This all happens within a few seconds. Gotcha. So she didn't even move that seat, or maybe she was trying to move the seat and hit the accelerator. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. While steering into him. While turning right. She had to turn to follow him. She had to turn because he had turned the steering wheel to the left and then straightened it out. Okay. Right? Because he had pulled over to the curb. Okay. Tyrone begins to run being followed by the car. It appears that Tyrone turns toward the car and puts his hands on the hood. B 
begins kind of running, stumbling backwards. And instead of falling, he is pushed up on the hood. You see the vehicle hop the curb and travel across the sidewalk and then hit the side of a building head on. You cannot see Tyrone hit the wall because it's too dark. Thank God you can't see him actually die. So he wasn't really up on the hood at that point. He must have been back down more in front of the car. Right. It really didn't say how he was smushed against the wall. Or how he was holding on. Right. Because the only witnesses were Tamara, who had her head down, looking at her phone. And then you have Keisha, who really wasn't paying attention and didn't know what was going on. So they can't tell us how much of his body was actually on top of the car. And I looked for his autopsy and I could not find it anywhere, Mm -hmm. not even in the court records or her appeal records. So Tamara didn't look up while clearly all of this is happening, running the curb. She didn't notice any of that. She She says it happened so fast. And she was really focused on her phone. Okay. And I think she she probably looked up but didn't really know what she was looking at. Gotcha. So I don't know exactly where he was hit on his body. All I know is that he died immediately. So I was thinking of the movie Signs. Do you remember that movie with Mel Gibson? Yes. M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong movie? Yes. And the wife in that movie is crushed up against a tree by another car. And they're able to talk to her and say goodbye to her because they knew once they pulled that car away that she was going to die. Like she was basically cut in half. Do you remember that scene? Vaguely, yeah. This is with the 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 crop crop circles in in his cornfield. Yeah, Joaquin Phoenix. Anyways, that's what I was picturing, but I could not find any documented evidence that that's what happened to him. Gotcha. So so after the videos were found, Keisha was booked on a first-degree murder charge Uh immediately. Uh In Pennsylvania, if you are booked for first-degree murder, you are denied bail and immediately sent to prison to await your preliminary hearing. Now, friends and family were beyond shocked. Keisha loved Tyrone. She would never have purposely and maliciously killed him, especially not running him down with their car. But once the video footage was released to the public, most of Tyrone's family turned on Keisha. To them, it very much looked intentional. Now, we're going to stop the recording, and you're going to watch it, and then we're going to come back, and I want to get your reaction. Good. Okay. And we're back. Okay. So they pull over. One thing I noticed right away is the tires, the wheels are more or less pointed straight. Okay. And that he calmly walks around, not running away, just calmly walks around and then barely gets even away from the passenger front corner of the Acura. And immediately the car's wheels turn sharp to the right and almost immediately impact him, accelerating straight into that wall until it hits. And it hits so hard that the back end of the Acura almost bounces up a little bit. Yeah. So it was was going. It was going fast. And then the detective's like, yeah, at that point they realize, or 
pretty sure that he was killed instantly. He was. She even, okay, even if she put her big old stiletto, uncoordinated, couldn't figure the difference between the brake and the gas or who knows what, somehow got it in gear and floored it, it would have gone straight ahead. Or even just barely slightly to the right, would have totally missed him, maybe smashed into a parked car. So how was that wheel turned so aggressively 90 degrees? She turned it. Because oh. I watched when he parked, he came across, parked against traffic, right? So it's a two-way street. Right. So instead of pulling to the right and parking, he pulled across to the left, parking the wrong way to a sidewalk, pulled to the left, and then straightened the wheel out, which is what most people would do. I didn't even catch me? that. Yeah. So he pulled to the left. And then kind of straighten the wheels a little bit. If anything, they were more to the left. But maybe she was trying to turn it to a, the right so that she could get back into the right lane so that she could go straight nope. through the light. You'd have to turn hand over hand multiple turns to get it to turn a 90 degree from a stopped point. She's also intoxicated. Okay. Maybe. So you mean she overturned? She overturned. Trying to get into that right lane to go straight through the intersection. No. Oh, okay. I don't buy that at all. Because there were no vehicles in front. It's not that wide of a street. It wasn't like she very carefully parallel parked and had very little space to get out to where you'd have to turn the wheel all the way lock to lock, like all the way to the right, and then barely get out. No, she had plenty of room to go straight. There was no cars in front. Yeah, so there were no bear, cars anywhere. You could have turned that wheel two inches to the right, and it would have pulled out and been perfectly fine. And it's not like she was trying to make a U-turn. No, she was she'd like be going spinning the, the wheel sharp all the way to the right immediately. The second he got just barely clear of the right front bumper, the wheels are already turning right, and she's stepping on it. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. because, In I, other words, she's like, hell no, jumps in the seat. Soon as she's in the seat, she's already cranking the wheel and stepping on the gas. To, to chase to after, go after him, maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Maybe not maliciously, but maybe to try to get him back into the car. Uh, okay. Well, she did. She All right. <laughs> got him into the front of the car, sort of. She sure did. That's awful. It was great that what they found that footage, but it's also... We're watching somebody in their last moments of their mm -hmm. life. And that's really hard when you think about it like that. Yeah. And that the car hit so hard, including the fact that there was a body between it and mm. a wall. And I feel really bad posting that video. So if you guys really want to see it, it's on YouTube. It's very easy to find. I just feel kind of morbid posting that on social media. It, so I it, can't. It does help though because it's it a does. it's a so company. Go look it up. No, but it's accompanied with detective, journalist, news. Yeah, so this particular one is from a snapped episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah, so that one in particular. That was. It tells you what you're good. seeing. Okay. Well, are you horrified now? Yeah, I mean, it to me, I think it seems most likely she did it on purpose. Okay. Whether or not she intended for that to happen, she definitely steered towards him and stepped on the gas. Like it wasn't 
any fault she wasn't of the just, car or no, her high heel no, or anything like that. She wasn't planning on driving away and leaving him. She clearly was pissed and went after him for whatever. Okay. Well, on January 25th, 2012, Keisha sat in a Philadelphia courtroom for her preliminary hearing. Sitting in the courtroom were very upset members of Tyrone's family, and they were shouting at Keisha. Mm, mm, I can't even I bet. She just looked down, visibly upset by what was transpiring. Keisha said that Tyrone's death was a tragic accident and that her husband was a wonderful man and that she loved him and that there was no motive. This is what the defense team kept saying. There was no motive. But was there an intent to kill? Not according to Keisha's defense team. She believed that she was pushing on the brake, but instead pushed down on the gas, overcorrected the steering wheel to the right, and Tyrone just happened to be walking in the path of the out-of-control vehicle, which we just established that in that kind of car, on an automatic transmission, you have to have your foot down on the brake in order to switch gears. Yeah. So how could she confuse the two and get it into gear? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So they argued that Tyrone's death was voluntary manslaughter, meaning somebody died over an accident, basically. The DA offered Keisha a deal, plead open to third-degree murder, but she would be guaranteed prison time, and the most would be 30 years. She'd spend 30 years in prison. But she could have gotten out in 10 to 15 years for good behavior, gotten out on parole. And she has four children. Well, okay, that's the thing. Keisha did not take the deal. Keisha could not imagine not being there to continue raising her four kids. The oldest was 14 and the youngest was now almost four. She wanted to go to trial, believing that she had a good chance of being acquitted of all charges. Keisha was remorseful, and the jury would see that Tyrone's death was an accident, nothing more. But if convicted, Keisha would be automatically sentenced to life behind bars, no chance of parole, if she was convicted of first-degree murder, which is what they were going to go for. Hmm. Keisha's trial began on October 23rd, 2012. The state laid out all the facts of the case telling the jury members that they would prove beyond a reasonable doubt that Keisha Jones was a malicious killer and wanted her husband gone. Keisha was indeed guilty of the intentional murder of her husband, Tyrone Taylor, using the CCTV footage as their main evidence. Keisha's defense team opened with Keisha's obvious remorse as she sat sobbing at the defense table, stating that she loved Tyrone and never wanted to hurt him, let alone kill him. But the ultimate question was, did she want Tyrone dead and why? What was her motive? They just couldn't find a motive. Called up to the stand for the state was the only other eyewitness, Keisha's cousin, Tamara. She repeated her story of the night to the jury, but added in a brand new kind of part. She said that Keisha had become very angry at Tyrone after he accused her of cheating. He had seen Keisha talking to another man, 
And then he continued questioning Keisha about the man as the three went outside and then eventually went to the car. The state believed that this was the motive. Keisha deliberately hit Tyrone with the SUV out of anger and frustration over his accusations and questions. So she was so pissed about him getting mad and jealous over her talking to another guy that she ran him down with the car to kill him? Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. Uh, I I mean, maybe she's gets... Okay, everyone's different when they drink. Everyone's different, period. Maybe she gets very Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde when she drinks. Maybe she switches. Oh, like maybe gets aggressive. Maybe she gets really angry. angry, you know, and then he starts saying things and they just, it just keeps escalating and escalating. She didn't really think about what she was doing because she was a few drinks in, was mad, wanted to teach him a lesson. Like maybe she just wanted to bump him. Maybe she wanted, I don't know, scare him. And then wasn't realizing that her big old foot was holding the go pedal Mm. down to the floor, you know, kind of thing. Like maybe she didn't mean, I don't think she actually met. It was not intentional. Yeah, I don't think she's like, all right, hold on. We're going to run his butt down and smash him into a wall. I really doubt that. Me too. But she did it. So who's at fault? Somebody did it. Obviously, it was her behind the wheel. So there you go. The defense questioned Tamara on whether or not there was any physical altercation or altercations before the accident. And there was not. Neither one of them became aggressively physical. So I would think if you really wanted to hurt your spouse, especially like a female wanting to hurt a male, there would have already been some sort of hitting or pushing or something like that going on in the car. Yeah. Is what I'm thinking. If she was so mad at him that he's accusing her of cheating, wouldn't she have already like hit him or kicked him? I don't know, but yeah, she I don't know in, either. That's, she yeah. didn't have a vehicle as a weapon, so once he got out, all of a sudden she's emboldened, being behind the wheel. Oh, because she has a weapon, right? Okay. Why would Akisha immediately turn to running Tyrone over with the car? That is lack of impulse control. But had she had enough control not to get physical with Tyrone beforehand? Well, I'm using what you told me earlier. Yes. Which is this isn't the first time she's done this. She did say that okay, in so her initial statement. Now that she this could, was the third time she had chased after him in the vehicle to get him back into the car. Okay. If I were a prosecuting attorney, I would be all over that. Oh, absolutely. Unless she goes, Oh, I didn't mean to say that and you can't prove I don't know. Uh, yes. But if she said that, I would be jumping all over that and go, look, you clearly Once you get behind the wheel, feel emboldened. So there's something about her sitting behind the wheel that makes her feel powerful, Mm. kind of like someone who picks up a gun. I mean, there's no way you can't not have a gun and then pick one up and not feel more powerful. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So if if her weapon of choice just happens to be as soon as she gets in that car, she feels like she needs to exert her strength by chasing him like who to the hell chases someone down in a car that's weird no i've never done that before well one of the detectives who was in the interrogation room when keisha gave her original police statement read aloud to the jury 
Keisha's statement. Oh. So the entire thing. It okay. was six pages long. Right. Yeah. The statement where she said that she chased Tyrone down. The videos were shown to the courtroom and jury. They saw exactly what happened around 2 a.m. on Morris Street, showing that vehicle accelerating the entirety of the five seconds before hitting the wall with Tyrone in between. A couple of the jury members openly gasped, and it was obvious the six men and six women were shaken by what they had just seen. This was going to be hard to overcome for the defense team. Oh, it's over at that point. They told the courtroom spectators that Tyrone's death was not premeditated, that Keisha had intended to follow Tyrone and try to coax him back into the car. But she should never have gotten into the driver's seat because she was too intoxicated to drive. Her alcohol intake and blood alcohol level was so high that it affected and interfered with her ability to operate the vehicle correctly, pushing the gas instead of the brake and not easing into the 90-degree turn. Keisha had lost control and was too inebriated to correct her mistake. But the state came back and said that Keisha's inebriated state caused lower inhibitions, leading her to act maliciously and purposely run the car into Tyrone, murder in the first degree, according to Pennsylvania law. On the third day of testimony, Keisha took the stand in her own defense. She held a picture of Tyrone up against her heart and gave a tearful and sometimes sobbing account of the night, telling the jury that Tyrone's death was an accident and she never meant to hurt him. Keisha also told the jury her account of what happened that night, saying that the detective did not write down everything that she had said during her original statement. Oh. Yeah, that he left out a lot of what she said. So they didn't record it? They They didn't didn't record it. it. He was writing it down. Uh, Okay. Mm -hmm. So she's saying he kept in what he wanted to keep in gotcha, and didn't write down things that weren't fitting in with his narrative of what happened. Okay. I mean, I I guess that's possible. On October 26th, after three days of testimony, the trial went to the jury. Two days later, on October 28th, the jury were led back into the courtroom. They had come to a unanimous decision. Ooh. The verdict was read and Keisha was found guilty of the first degree murder of her husband, Tyrone, and possessing an instrument of crime. There it is. Keisha began screaming, my babies, my babies. And later that day, she was sentenced to mandatory life in prison with no chance of parole. Oh, well, that's a chance you take going to trial. Keisha's family and extended family were devastated while Tyrone's family believed that justice had been served. Keisha was led away in handcuffs to serve out her sentence. But this is not the end of the story. No, I wouldn't think. There's more. Okay, so I'm going to say right now, I don't know obviously what's coming. I'm a little surprised at the full-blown first-degree murder from yes. that because i'm thinking now today if anything we're like how the hell did well we've done cases and you're like yeah they didn't get whatever and you're like that was clearly first degree murder if there ever was how did they not get that right how do they only get 10 years for 
chopping this body up into a million pieces, right. you know, and they're like, well, you know, they didn't mean to. Or, they were you know. under stress. So, yeah. So obviously I, I'm just saying that. Pennsylvania is tough. Lot of, yeah. So for Pennsylvania is really a lot tough. Of, that's, and that's the thing with DUIs. If you drink and drive and you kill someone, you didn't mean to do it, but you still did it. A lot of times that's vehicular manslaughter. It, yeah. Or maybe third degree murder, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, let me finish. Okay. Fine. Okay. All right. Keisha filed an appeal just days after her sentencing, and on August 15th, 2014, a judge vacated her sentence, and she was granted a new sentencing trial. Okay. It seemed that the appeals judge sided with the defense. During the original jury deliberations, the members of the jury asked to see the video of the accident again and to hear Keisha's statement. In response to the jury, they were sent the CCTV footage and the court reporter read aloud the six-page testimony of the detective reading Keisha's original police statement. So this is why jury deliberations took two days Okay, is because they kept asking questions. Now, this was the statement that Keisha claimed we're missing some of the important information she had said, but that was not documented. She had said this up on the stand when she gave her testimony. She said that not everything she said was in that statement. So do we know what she had said that was left out? Yeah, I'll, t- I'll tell you. Oh, good. Okay. The next morning, the jury asked that the court reporter read Keisha's testimony aloud, starting from when her counsel asked her what happened that night. Within this portion of Keisha's testimony, she claimed that her foot accidentally hit the gas pedal when she was looking for the victim in a vacant lot and that she did everything in her power to stop the vehicle further testifying that she did not even know she had hit Tyrone because she never saw him walk in front of the vehicle. Like she had just turned her head to where she was going and he just happened to be in that path and she didn't see him is what I think she's saying. Okay. At this request, the trial court judge had a conference with Keisha, her defense team, and the prosecutors. After debating the issue, the judge said that he had responded to the jury with a written note saying that they needed to be more specific in their request and that they needed to rely on their own recollection of Keisha's testimony and their own notes from the trial. So they were not granted what they had asked for, which was for the court reporter to read Keisha's testimony from the day that she was up on the stand gotcha so that request was denied and well it wasn't really denied because the jurors never responded to that note so then the judge was like oh okay well they don't need to see it anymore then like it was just a miscommunication yes oh that's weird the question was then raised 
Did the trial court abuse its discretion and deprive Keisha of her due process right to a fair trial by its refusal to grant the jury's request for a relevant portion of Keisha's testimony to be read to the jury after the court earlier had acceded to its request to have Keisha's statement to police read to the jury, which Keisha contradicted in her testimony, meaning it was up to the jury to see whether or not they were going to take her original statement or whether or not they were going to believe her testimony up on the stand. It was up to them as individuals. Okay. So they had a right to hear the statement read by the detective, and they had a right to hear the statement that she gave during her testimony and that they were denied that. I guess it's easy for us to armchair quarterback, but... Why would it matter if that's what they need to proceed and you can have someone read something that takes a couple of minutes? Why wouldn't you do that? Exactly. I don't, I don't get that. That's what they weren't understanding. Yeah. The judge agreed with the appeal. So a different judge. Right. Yeah. Agreed with the appeal saying when reviewing the entirety of the trial court's actions It is clear that the trial court flagrantly abused its discretion when it denied the jury's request to rehear a portion of the appellant's testimony. Therefore, we vacate the October 26th judgment of sentence and order a new trial. Yeah, I mean, it seems reasonable. So I'm going to read what the original judge said after he found out that Keisha was going to resentencing or going to have a resentencing trial. He probably didn't like it. Because that makes him look bad. Yes. BTW. The judge filed a dissenting statement. Goodness. Okay. I respectfully dissent. In my view, the trial court did not abuse its discretion when, in response to the jury's written request for appellant's testimony to be reread, the trial court directed the jury to provide a more specific request and or rely on its recollection and notes from the four-day trial. (laughs) And so he's saying they did not follow up with a more specific request. Right. Even though the request was very... Seems... Very plain. Very simple. Yeah, very simple. And that's what they argued about because I read the entire appeal and they have it written, the entire conversation between the defense attorney the judge and the prosecuting attorney and the defense attorney saying it's very specific what they're asking for. They're asking for her trial testimony. This is very specific. And the judge is saying, well, I need them to be more specific. And they should go look at their notes and their recollection of what happened. Well, it seems like an easy request to fulfill. Yeah, it would have it, only taken like less not, than half an hour yeah, to read it's it. It's not something that they couldn't immediately get their hands on and give back to the jury. Right. So why wouldn't you do that? Because obviously there's something that they're like, hey, did we miss something here? To be sure, let's listen to this again. Can we get you to read? Oh, no, it needs, needs to be more specific. <laughs> well, on June 6th, 2016, Keisha pled guilty to third-degree murder and possessing an instrument of crime. She was resentenced to 15 to 30 years in prison with credit for time served. Keisha is serving her time at the Bucks County Department of Corrections. 
The two children that she had with Tyrone are being raised by Tyrone's father, while her other two children are being raised by her ex, James Hayes. Now, according to my calculations, Keisha should be up for parole in only a couple of years. So correct me if I'm wrong. She ultimately got from going to trial what they initially offered her from the very beginning. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, there you go, I guess. You never know. So take the plea. Yeah. Well, fun fact. You ready for a fun fact? Is there a fun fact in this? Is it more fun than the Super Bowl fun fact? Yes. Oh, good. Really? No, it's oh, not. Goodness. No, it's not. Okay. James Hayes and his family are some of Keisha's biggest supporters and defenders, believing that she would never have purposely killed Tyrone and that the couple was incredibly in love and made a great team. So James Hayes and his family, especially he and his mom, give interviews whenever they can about Keisha and the case and Tyrone, and they just really try to keep her case alive because they really believe that she did not do this on purpose. So ultimately people do things that they wouldn't normally do when they're under the influence of fill in the blank. Yeah. Right. Yes. I know. Cause I see it all day long. People dancing in the street barefoot. Okay. But those people are extremely intoxicated I, or high. I know. Okay. I'm just saying people can do things when they're under the influence that they wouldn't normally do. So in her case, she wouldn't have normally done this, I bet, if she were sober and not all worked up and it wasn't two in the morning. I don't think she purposely. No, I don't either. Was I was trying to kill him. Well, I, let me I, ask you. That's my. Yeah. Okay. Daniel. What? What did you think of my case? I think that she didn't try to purposely kill him, or at least she didn't have that intent. But I think that she was under the influence and did something she probably would not have normally done if she were sober, and it wasn't two in the morning. I agree. Because those are just bad combinations. To be angry, get all worked up, and you're under the influence, she was probably much more drunk when the argument started and then you get tired and you're frustrated and you're stewing and you're in the same car together. And then he says probably something, who knows? And maybe his, her cousin wasn't really paying attention because it's freaking two in the morning. And you're just like, I don't, I just want to get the hell out of here and go home. Can we go through Jack in the box really fast? Right. She just wants to get away from this. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. How embarrassing. They're fighting. (laughs) Yeah. They're drunk. Everyone's just like, oh God, let's make it end. Well, and James shouldn't have been driving either. No, of course not. No, that was a So he hops out. She makes a snap bad decision, cranks the wheel. For whatever reason, maybe he's maybe he said something to her at the last minute because she's saying something to him. You know who knows? Right. And she's like, "Oh hell no!" And I think she somehow to, lost control of the car. Yeah. As she was turning to kind of go after him, as he's walking right. away to try to get him back into the car, I even think she was maybe trying to move the seat forward and stepped on the gas. Instead yeah. of the break. Okay, I don't know. I'm just but throwing that out there. To me, you would have to try to steer that far to the right immediately. It wasn't like she pulled forward and then started steering. No, she immediately went she to the right. was wheels, hard right, step on the gas. 
he barely got around the front of the car and she already was hitting him. So again, there's kids that are missing their dad and their bonus dad and their mom's in prison. And it's just a really sad story. This is a really sad case because they seemed like a very loving couple Mm -hmm. and just tragically it ended like this. This is why therapists go to therapists. Because the kids show up to a therapist and they go, he goes, what's going on? Oh, nothing. Just the fact that my mom's in prison for running down my dad while they were arguing. And he goes, oh, God, I need to go to therapy. Yeah, I need somebody to talk about that, too. Good Lord. I just hope everyone's doing Mm -hmm. okay. And I know she'll probably get out in a couple years. And hopefully she can move on with her life. And Tyrone seemed like a really great guy. It was really sad. Ugh, another one just like hits you in the pit of your stomach. Don't drive drunk. Don't argue after drinking and get into the vehicle arguing driving drunk because that's like double distraction. Get home and argue like normal people. Naked. Okay. (laughs) Without any weapons in your hand. Yes. Yep. Well, all my information on this case came from as many articles as I could find. I actually found Keisha's appeal records, so I was able to get a lot of information from that. I had to join a website, but that's okay. What? And How much is that? <laughs> it was free, but oh. I had to like give them all, all right. my information. So now a lot of spam. Yeah. Okay. And there's an episode of Snapped mm-hmm. on this case, which I showed you. The, the Snapped version. The Snapped mm-hmm. um, car video. If you guys get a chance, try and watch that, and then you'll see what I'm talking about. My perspective of it. Well, mine too. And yours. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it, it does help quite a bit because you go, oh, God. Okay. It does help to see it. That's Absolutely. A, that's a tough one because it doesn't look good in the video. It didn't. No. I'm just sad for everyone no. involved. Ugh, I don't know how to end this one because they're never happy. They never end happy, do they? Nope. If you are enjoying our show, could you please go rate and review us over on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast streaming? That is huge for us. That helps us a lot. And if you're not enjoying our show, please go rate and review somebody else's show poorly. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) There's a million couples true crime podcasts. So go check out our friends because they're probably much better than we are. Oh, guaranteed. And we also have a lot of bonus content and bonus episodes over on our Patreon. So if you want to subscribe and donate to our humble little podcast every month, we would greatly appreciate that. That's one reason why we don't do ads is because we have a great little community over on Patreon. Yes. And we're not monetarily trying to push you into it. No. But if you went there, we'd really love it. (laughs) So there's that. We do a lot of bonus episodes over there. We have four spinoff shows Mm -hmm. over there, which are basically the same format. They're just different sort of cases. Yeah. I tell Daniel one, which is called Betrayed, which is cases that don't end in murder. They just end in betrayal. And then I tell Daniel cases of couples who kill together. Because, you know. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Just (laughs) if you can do it together as a couple, then it's healthy. Right. Nope. 
If you have any case suggestions for any of our podcast shows, uh, send it to till death do us part at att.net. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. Or I can you, control them more over there. There you go. Or if you just have suggestions in general for us, like, hey, you guys should really change everything. I don't know. No. Well. Be careful. Oh, no. I was going to say something re- regarding next Sunday. Oh, what? I was going to say, well, if you're for Kansas City, go Chefs. <laughs> and if you're for the Friscos, go Niners. Okay. That's it. That's all I got. Go Chargers. Go Chargers. <laughs> go, <Wow>. pa- go Padres. <laughs> All right. Well, be careful. For marriage is a life sentence. And divorce is always a better option. Yep. Drive through Vegas. Do it. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye-bye.